Welcome to Muffliato, a Harry Potter podcast where we fill your ears to prevent you from hearing nearby conversations. I'm Josh. And I'm Blake. And today is a bonus episode. We're not quite finished with the Sorting Hat or discussing our Hogwarts houses, and we're excited to talk about the wands that just chose us from Ollivanders. So let's get into it. Uh, Josh, we're uh, in pretty much two of the biggest houses uh, in Hogwarts, and uh, I being a Gryffindor and you being a Slytherin. Uh, but uh, in, in last episode, we, we talked a, a bit about uh, both of those, and I think we'll talk more. Uh, today in this bonus episode about those but i think we should probably probably discuss ravenclaw and hufflepuff a bit more yeah if we, if we have to right i mean if we have to let's be real this is a, a book about gryffindor and slytherin you know <laughs> yeah pretty much i it could have been a two-house book uh you know all those other characters could have just been sort of uh divvied up between gryffindor well pretty much most of them would be into to go into gryffindor because uh really uh slytherin would anybody willingly choose slytherin i don't know we'll, we'll um, get to that blake we'll, we'll, yeah, get, we'll, to we'll that. get to that uh all right so um uh, purely by alphabetical order let's let's do hufflepuff so yeah. the Hufflepuff um, description or the the characteristics that uh, mark it are, are dedication, um, patience, uh, loyalty, hard work is often in there as well. Um, are you sure you're uh, you sure you're reading off Hufflepuff because that actually sounds pretty good. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, <laughs> and 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 J.K. Rowling has been on record saying that Hufflepuff is really the greatest house um in and wow. and and not so much as as we might see you know the house's performance in in quidditch matches or in the house cup but but the the actual characteristics that are are behind it and the the founding principles are are actually morally good as com- as compared with the other ones and 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 building off of that jk herself says this uh, in many ways hufflepuff is my favorite house the Hufflepuffs, um, virtually to a person, stay. Now, she's referencing here um, the final battle um, of Hogwarts in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. So the Hufflepuffs, virtually to a person, stay, as do the Gryffindors. Now, the Gryffindors comprise a lot of foolhardy and show-offy people. You know, there's bravery, and there's also mm-hmm. showboating. And sometimes the two go together. The Hufflepuffs stay for a different reason. They're trying, they weren't trying to show off. They weren't being reckless. That's the essence of Hufflepuff house. And, and, and really with that, the, the reason the Hufflepuffs stay is loyalty. Um, they stay because they are first and foremost loyal to Hogwarts. Um, and, you know, it, it really does, does seem that, you know, the, the different characteristics of, of the houses, you know, a lot of them are, are kind of neutral neutral things um yeah you know for example gryffindor you know bravery um but like Rowling just wrote you can be brave as well as foolhardy or reckless mm-hmm. um slytherin you know ambition can be good but we all know people who are ambitious who certainly twist that to their own ends um yeah. you know the characteristics of hufflepuff house are far far harder to twist um and 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 they really do express um characteristics that we all should have um in in our lives that it actually sounds just 
so good. Um, and I don't know if I've just, you know, I feel like I've just glossed over uh, Hufflepuff. Um, maybe it's the name. I don't know. Hufflepuff. It just sounds you know, weird. Yeah. It uh, sounds like a, a little uh, pink um, pygmy or something. You know? Oh, yes. Yeah. And and it's just something that you think, oh, I definitely don't want to be in there, probably because of the bad stigma. And they don't get much attention. They don't get much limelight. I think that's uh, said in the books. Um, they, you know, they. Uh, uh, when when was the last time that they won the the, the house championship? Who knows? Mm. Uh, yeah. Are they, you know, their Quidditch team? Is it any good? Uh, who knows? Um, probably depends on the year, uh, and you know the students that are in it. But it just. It, it sounds really good. It sounds like it's actually a, a wonderful house to be in. And I imagine uh, all those who are in Hufflepuff, that common room would be a really good place to be. Mm. Uh, those, you know, everybody would be having fun. And that characteristic, that trait that like of loyalty, uh, you know, yeah. that that's really good. It, it makes, uh, if you are defined as someone who is loyal, I think that is just such mm. a wonderful, uh, wonderful thing to be labeled as. Uh, and so to be in Hufflepuff, it's uh it's actually pretty good. Yes, yeah, certainly. And I think as you think about the the person who would really exemplify those characteristics, um, there's no better person to have as a friend than a Hufflepuff. Yeah. You know? And 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 you know, if I may speak personally, there's no better person to marry than a Hufflepuff. And and I have done that. Um, <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Your your wife is a Hufflepuff. Uh, yeah. Wow. There we go. So perfect. I mean, that's, uh, I, I should actually, I should actually check with my wife to, to double check that she's, uh, you know, what house she's in. Cause man, if, if she ends up being a Slytherin, I guess we're going to have to work through a few things. But, <laughs> that's uh, going to be some drama right there. <laughs> no, no yeah. but uh, I think, I think with Hufflepuff, uh, the, the house, I did always like the way that JK slipped in uh, the house entrance uh, down by mm. the kitchen kitchens mm. uh, and you get in like through the door via sort of tickling uh, a painting of uh, a fruit bowl I think it is and you tickle the mm. pear actually uh, th- tickling the pear um, in, in that bowl of fruit tickling the painting of the pear actually gets you into the kitchens not into the Hufflepuff common room or I was mistaken there how do you actually get into the Hufflepuff common room yeah well the Hufflepuff common room um, is obviously the common room we see uh, least as yeah. in not at all in, <laughs> in the books um, and how you get in like is that uh, in the same corridor that you go down to get to the kitchen you will see a large uh, pile of barrels and these barrels are stacked upon the side of the corridor and the second barrel from the bottom in the middle of the row um, will open so you go through the barrel uh, if tapped Ooh. in the rhythm of Helga Hufflepuff. So maybe bum 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 ba. I don't know. Something yeah. like that. Okay. Um, oh wow. Maybe emphasizing the syllables. Um, as a security device to repel non-Hufflepuffs. Again, this is from wizardingworld.com. Uh, if you tap on the wrong barrel or tap even the incorrect number of times, one of the other lids will burst off and drench you in <laughs> vinegar. Oh no. Which sounds terrible. Oh, I oh. hate vinegar. That would be the worst thing. Uh, yeah, you definitely don't want to confuse, like I did, uh, with, uh, you know, tickling uh, the pier to get into a uh, into the kitchens with uh, some kind of like tapping motion onto the barrel. Uh, you don't want to confuse those two because you do not want to be drenched uh, into, uh, in, drenched in vinegar. 
Oh, that sounds nasty. Um, well, I mean, Hufflepuff, as you've as you've rightly pointed out, Josh, is is actually a pretty pretty sweet house. Uh, it, you know, the yeah. characteristics of the, the the students inside it. It's it's actually really good, and I feel like, um, and I'm not just saying this right now, but I feel like it's it actually you you've kind of redeemed it for me a little bit. Like <laughs> if someone sort of if someone dishes out a little bit of hurt on Hufflepuff, I, I feel like I'd I'd come to Hufflepuff's defense, uh, mm-hmm. just because I think it actually is a is a very worthy house. It's worthy to be there. Um, but the founder, uh, the founder Josh, yeah. Uh, that. Yeah, Helga. I mean, I kind of want to know. We don't we don't hear much about the founders apart from mm. uh, Salazar Slytherin's probably the actual the biggest founder that we uh, get to know. And then maybe next would be a Godric Gryffindor, um, and uh, and then probably Rowena Ravenclaw after that. And then after at the very bottom, Helga Hufflepuff. Yeah, and, and I think I'm, I might just say something like that hopefully isn't too much of a controversial opinion for you. Ooh, okay. um, but Helga Hufflepuff is the single most important Hogwarts founder as far as her continuing importance in Hogwarts day-to-day life. Um, I don't okay. think there is do, do go any, on. any doubt in that because Helga Hufflepuff is the one whose recipes are still used in the Hogwarts kitchen day by day. Um, wow. she, she was the master chef behind all um, Hogwarts meals at the beginning. And and her wow. recipes still feed Hogwarts wizards and witches um, very much into at least you know the 1990s when our story takes place but certainly into the future as far as we can tell and so well, wow um, okay you know we, we might not know too much about her um but but she was known for her food um charms as well as the yeah. foods that she would make um and she has a pretty cool um special magical item that we don't know too much about as far as its powers, but is of course used by Voldemort to turn into a Horcrux, her golden cup. Um, And people have speculated about what um, powers might've been within that golden cup. And maybe we'll talk about that a little bit, a little bit later. Um, But it's certainly, certainly an extremely important um, founder. I I don't think, you know, other than the sorting hat being, um, Godric Gryffindor's hat. I don't know if any other founder has, you know, continued relevance like Helga. That's really that's really cool because um, to get into the Hufflepuff house, it's right by the kitchens, and so there's that connection there, uh, and that's just it's really fun to know that she was kind of the uh, the brainchild of all the yum food that you see, especially in the yeah. movies. They do yeah. such a great job that's with uh, job. the visual side of it and with all the food and everything, and uh, and the house elves they just they just carry out uh, uh, all of that, which is pretty pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. And moving through these uh, at some speed, the uh, house. Colors of Hufflepuff are um, yellow and black, or maybe gold and black, if you really mm, yeah. want to get fancy about it. Um, the The mascot is a badger, um, and Hufflepuffs are known to be particularly good at finding things, which is really random, but kind of cool, I guess. Um, and of course, its ghost is the Grey Friar. Um, and and that pretty much sums up Hufflepuff. Um, I just wanted to close. Okay, go ahead, Josh, Blake. Were you gonna say? Uh, did you just? Did the you guy just said say, the Grey Friar. I said you said the you said the Grey Friar. Um, and uh, I uh, I was like just thinking to myself, I'm pretty sure there was a distinguishing thing about that 
Friar, yes, that's right. He was fat. He was a fat friar. Um, which uh, so that just reminds you, if you're going to be a ghost, Josh, get into shape before you die. Get you into shape before you die. Because yeah, you're going to be fat for the rest of your life, or I guess the rest of your death. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and to close, I just wanted to read. Um, this is from the 1995 school year. So that is the school year that begins in. Um, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, that's probably the most important um, sorting hat song. And this is what it says about um, Helga Hufflepuff. Um, Good Hufflepuff, she took the rest and taught them all she knew. Thus, the houses and their founders maintained friendships firm and true. Um, and and really, from the beginning, Helga is seen almost like the glue at Hogwarts. Oh, yeah. Uh, she's yeah. the one that holds those two temperamental our houses, Blake, um, those two temperamental founders, Gryffindor and Slytherin together um, when they were so often, you know, likely to butt heads. Um, but but Helga really kept them together and was very much more inclusive in her approach to magical education than any other house. You know, pe- people give Slytherin a bad reputation, but, yeah. you know, the, the other houses have pretty strict, you know, requirements for uh, yeah. for getting in. As Go well. Hufflepuff. Go Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. I well mean, done. I can I can well say that I'm I'm going on the record, right, guys? You've yep. you've you can hear my voice. This is Blake Adams saying Hufflepuff is a good house. This is Blake um, Adams. All right, he proves the message. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm Blake Adams, and I approve this message. But apart from Hufflepuff, we've got Ravenclaw, and Ravenclaw to me was almost like my next best choice if i had a choice um but i feel like i'm not good enough to be in ravenclaw i feel like you've got to have the wits about you and uh, i feel like my second choice if it wasn't gryffindor would would probably be hufflepuff i don't i don't know Mm. but but ravenclaw we it's it's uh it's a pretty sweet house yeah yeah it is a pretty sweet house and um and there's certainly some great um, wizards and witches that we see in Ravenclaw. Um, yep. And there are, are also, you know, a fair number of people. Um, I can think of at least two, and I'm sure you can think of some as well, um, who really let their, their intelligence or wit um, get in the way of any kind of moral compass when, when the time comes to it. And, and certainly we could have used a little dash of Hufflepuff loyalty in some of these Ravenclaws. Um, but, but as, as we start to look at the house, you know, we need to talk about the, the house mascot. The house mascot for Ravenclaw, Blake, is what? Uh, is an eagle. It's an eagle, not a raven, like some people. No, think. <laughs> it's it's a it's it's a really weird thing that um I, I probably haven't yeah. given it too much thought, but yeah, it's not a raven, which is I don't know if it's the smartest animal, but but eagles, yeah, eagles, very weird. Yeah. Um, it's its colors are blue and bronze, and it is. Um, at least in my mind, I like to think of it as being opposite to Gryffindor in terms of its common room location. Um, yeah, both both being in the two towers of um, of Hogwarts, um, and so Gryffindor in the one tower and Ravenclaw in the other tower. Now, Blake, to get into um, the Ravenclaw Tower, you need to knock on a door with an enchanted knocker, and you will be given a riddle before you oh. enter. Yeah, that would uh, not go down well with me. Uh, let's just say this. I, I would probably not be able to get in uh, to the Ravenclaw uh, Tower. All right, Blake, are you ready for a riddle to get into the Oh, Ravenclaw no, tower? Josh. I didn't know we were doing this. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm uh, I'm standing there. I need to get in. Uh, the, you know, the mission depends on it. Right, I I've need to get into Ravenclaw. Two. I've got two. Okay. 
Okay, here we go. Hit me. Which came first, the phoenix or the flame? <laughs> uh, um, oh, I don't know. I feel like I need to say something witty like um, uh, uh, neither, but that is to say both. I don't know. Something, uh, something <laughs> I, I think along I'm those lines. So that was the question asked to Luna Lovegood um, oh, when she was going yes. with Harry. And she said, a circle has no beginning. And oh, I think, I think you got it, Blake. Yes. I think you got it. Okay, okay. Um, and I feel like that just came from my knowledge of the books. So maybe yeah. I, I shouldn't get that one. But all right, next one. All right, next one. Next one is uh, is is another good one. Okay, where do vanished objects go? Oh, I uh, yes, I'm trying to think of uh, how uh, Minerva uh, answered this one. It's like um, something into like that is to say everywhere. Um, yeah. Y- yes. Yeah. You're, you're like nowhere, but that is uh, to, to in, say into non-being, which is non-being. to say everything. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh man. See, I, I just, I only have that, that prior knowledge because I've read the books, you know, that yeah. I feel like I would not be able to come up with an answer uh, with that. I feel like I'd, uh, I'd be locked out forever, especially in my first year. You know, if, if for some reason I got put into Ravenclaw, I'd be like Neville always forgetting the, uh, the Gryffindor <laughs> passwords. Uh, I'd be like that, but it's, but for Ravenclaw. I mean, it, one of the things that I think is important is that in the books, it even mentions this, that um, if a student doesn't get the answer right, um, they must stay to hear the correct answer by someone else. And just that process really shows that, that the Ravenclaw house is uniquely devoted to to, to learning and expanding mm. the mind. You know, each one of these houses is, after all, at a school. Um, but but it's as if the Ravenclaw house spends its downtime doing these things, whereas, you know, in, in Gryffindor, you'd be maybe more likely to have a duel. Um, in Slytherin, you'd maybe be more likely to to plot something, good or evil. Not saying which, Blake. Yeah, we, yeah, I, I see you yeah. okay, okay. going there, yeah. Um, very, very close-minded view about Slytherin over there. Um, and, and Hufflepuff, I don't know, it just seems like a jolly old time where you'd be drinking... Um, you know, butter beer and and chicken wings from the eating chicken wings from the kitchens, but who knows? Um, oh, but it, but in yeah. Ravenclaw, it really does seem like it's the house of debate and where you know these things yep. are discussed and people care about things that maybe aren't in the textbook and and have to be learned. But um, you know, they're they're stretching themselves and and doing those really cool things. Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned debates because I have in my head a picture of the the common room where there are students sitting down and they're almost uh, maybe it's more senior students. Uh, it, the students in their later years and they're sitting down and having like a very mature debate about a piece of knowledge uh, or a book or something like that. I can see them, uh, you know, especially, especially if you imagine Hermione, who was, who was very close to, to being in, in Ravenclaw. If you imagine her with another Hermione uh, and then having a, having a debate, you could see how that would just be like that, that knowledge uh, would be sort of Spread and shared among all who are in the common room, and it is just such a, a a learning environment. I feel like Ravenclaw would be. I mean, no doubt it's it's fun and it's exciting and and all of that. But I think there is an a, a big element of learning. Um, and uh, like you said, with the the entrance, you know, you've got to stay to hear the answer. Uh, that way, you learn and you're always growing in that area. They value that that wisdom and that knowledge. All right, now, Blake. Um... I actually have a question that I think would end up being discussed in the Ravenclaw common room at some Ooh, point. And I wanted to okay. get you. And I've actually considered this and I, I don't know if I have a good answer for it, but um, 
yeah, I think it's interesting. <clears throat> if, and, and this is based off of McGonagall's question and answer, mm. if vanished objects go into non-being, that is to say everything, as she puts it, um, what are the ethics of vanishing animals? And by extension, is it then murder to vanish a person? Oh, Josh, 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 Josh. That is a, that is a deep question. Uh, yeah, yeah, I thought about that. And wow. I thought like, it seems like no one in the books wrestles with that. Like in their, in their transfiguration classes, they're making, you know, snuff boxes into mice and then, and then you're vanishing things. yeah yeah i'm trying to think like with with vanishing when you vanish something can you bring it back well not if it goes into non-being it seems like yeah yeah because it's not as it's not quite like the like the thing is the vanishing cupboard um that we we get um in um where where draco repairs it and it's a way for the death eaters to get inside the school there are two vanishing cupboards that are linked together now is that the normal way that a vanishing uh, cupboard works where it's got a pair uh, yeah, on- and I think it's more okay. almost better thought of in in non-magical terms it's like a it's like a portal right yes um, yeah yep yeah. yep it's kind of like a, a teleporter just to get you out of your yeah. home very quickly um if if say the death eaters come calling um okay so so you're essentially tra- being transported it's, it's a quarter vanishing cabinet probably using that name vanish uh not in the same terms mm. as, as kind of your question here um and so I would um, yeah, I I think there would be an like you know a very good ethical discussion about this, especially with like you know with animals they they might not be as concerned, uh, but it would be very very risky to yeah to then have that spell that can vanish something and vanish a person because technically you're you're killing that person. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, it's just something I've, I've thought about <laughs> every time I heard that question is I thought, you know, they vanish a lot of things at Hogwarts. And um, yeah. I've read some things online and um, some people compare it to, um, you know, to to um, dissecting animals in a in a biology class. Um, yeah. And I, I guess that's certainly true. But um, last time I checked, you weren't just, dis- you know, dissecting live animals in biology class. Um, no. I've never been in your biology class, but that's that didn't happen in mine. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, I think that biology class would have a whole bunch of uh, protesters out the front. Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah, with, definitely, uh, picket, definitely. You know, picketing. Um, <laughs> but but I mean, for those those uh, that are listening, uh, Josh and I uh, we we record this podcast in the morning, and uh, and I'm just here, you know, I'm I'm just rubbing sleep out of my eyes still. And uh, Josh, you're throwing me this big uh, philosophical question. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I'm I'm just like, oh, okay, we're going to be talking like like that. I mean, you could you could probably discuss that, and you could probably have these um you know maybe we could do it but like these ravenclaw discussions uh where it's almost like we're both in ravenclaw and we're mm. uh, we're having these uh very that big, little feature blake yeah we could we could make that a little feature like a little ravenclaw discussion so um mm. yeah it's it's a it's a big one to talk about in the morning but i think that's i think you the safe answer would just to yeah definitely to not especially with humans um but yeah animals it's a different story because they seem to do that quite a bit yeah. In the books, Blake, I think we see two characters from Ravenclaw um, who, while brilliant and certainly eccentric, um, do show some level of sh- of selfish behavior in the books that kind of um, clouds their their judgment. Um, one of them, I think you think you would have gotten this one for sure, is, of course, Gilderoy Lockhart. <laughs> total fool. He, he was well, a total fool. He was eccentric. Yeah. And it's 
it's you know he's not in Gryffindor. Let's say that you know yeah, he's yeah. he's actually not in Gryffindor. I don't think he's, that man has he's bravery. A total coward. Uh, total he coward. is a, he yeah. is a coward, and that's not saying you know that all all Ravenclaws are cowards. Um, mm. But I feel like uh, there's a little bit of now. Don't don't uh, don't you know? <laughs> don't get me wrong um, when I say this, but he, I feel like he's got a bit of Slytherin in him. The the part of Slytherin where it's self preservation. You know, he's thinking. Mm. Maybe more so about himself, um, yeah. and uh, and I think that can be you know probably a, a very good thing in some cases self uh, preservation. But um, yeah, for for him for Kilroy Lock, I mean, man, come on, the guy's a joke. What a joke! And and really, for the first two years at Hogwarts, Harry's Harry's defense against the dark arts teachers were both Ravenclaws. Um, Quirrell, who we've talked about a lot in our regular um, chapter by chapter podcast, um, he was also a a Ravenclaw. Um, and so, you know, those two teachers left a pretty sour taste in, uh, in Harry's mouth. One was, um, <laughs> one was possessed by Voldemort and the other tried to obliviate him and his friend Ron and leave his future wife to die. I mean, when you say it like that, it sounds pretty brutal. When, when you do uh, put it like that, it's a bit, of, yeah, 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 that's bad. Um, but, but the, th- uh, the third person, Blake, that I was thinking about, um, who is a pretty pretty famous Ravenclaw? We see, um, you know, his his actions can be defended certainly, um, but it is it's always a gut punch to me when I find out that Xenophilia Lovegood has called the Death Eaters to come and get Harry. Um, that yeah. just is like a kick to the groin every time I read it. <laughs> I'm like, no, not you. I just don't see it coming. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, surely. Just just be a, a disloyal Hufflepuff, please, or something. Yeah. Not Ravenclaw. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, to all our Ravenclaw listeners out there, we love you. Um, you are important. You uh, are certainly helpful in the book. There'd be no choir without your head of house. Um, and so if if nothing else, thank you for Flitwick. He's a yes. treasure. He, yep, yep, very much so. And uh, and then just quickly before I think we move on to the other houses, uh, Rowena Ravenclaw, the founder, uh, we have uh, her daughter who's actually the the Ravenclaw ghost. Yeah, the Grey Lady. The Grey Lady. The grey Lady. Who is, um, who is the direct descendant of the of the founder um i presume this is just off the top of my head but probably the second oldest hogwarts ghost because the bloody baron seems like he was older than her he, he seems like he was older than her and so i was from the same I time period they were they, they were from the same time period so i would i'd be comfortable in saying something like that um surely yeah. you know they might have just been you know regular ghosts they could have been regular ghosts and then became house ghosts when there were like sort of four of them that identified yeah with, or, or uh, maybe maybe wait for someone to leave i don't know how that works really yeah like, yeah it's a bit of an there, interesting are there, like, one are there three ghosts just waiting in the wings behind Nicholas <laughs> <laughs> they'll be waiting a long time you know before he yeah, dies exactly. right? uh, because he's already dead yeah, I don't know how that um, works yeah um, that's, a, that's an interesting one but we, we get the Grey Lady from uh, uh, yeah from Ravenclaw from uh, you know the, the last book we hear a little bit of her backstory yeah. and we'll, we'll talk about that when we backstory. I think we, we get there um, so so Josh I think as we come into these two main houses we could probably just we could probably just skip Slytherin, right? Skip your house. Is it is it really that good? Oh, Blake. That's a typical Gryffindor talking because I can't <laughs> let this opportunity go without some brief defense of my house. It's it's going to happen throughout. I'm just going to be honest, you know, because us Slytherins get a pretty bad rap. You do. Um, 
You do. Now, You're horrible, aren't you? <laughs> again, spoken like a true Gryffindor. Now, I want just to highlight some of the amazing traits that are in the Slytherin house. So the, the first one is I want to highlight ambition. Okay. Ooh. Now, ambition is often seen to be a negative word, but but this is, I think, a really fantastic thing if understood properly. Um, that that ambition is kind of like goal driven hard work. Um, is yeah. that Slytherins are able to to look at themselves, to set goals, to think highly of what they could do in the future, and then to work their butts off until they get to that point. They are really really hardworking people. Um, I know it seems like. Uh, Hufflepuff is has the the market cornered on hard work, um, but they're just hard workers without any talent. Am I right? Oh, um, <laughs> but you know, look at Severus Snape. You know that guy yeah. had talent, and he worked and worked. And one of the reasons oh, he yeah. actually doesn't like Harry is because he thinks Harry's lazy. If we're honest, uh, which yeah. he kind of is, um, and <laughs> yeah. and. <laughs> And it seems it seems like a lot of the Gryffindors are very content to, you know, look very impressive in front of the ladies um, to not really try that hard in classes, minus Hermione. Um, and then when something bad happens, they just want to jump into the crisis. We Slytherins, yeah. we're working all the time, you know. Yeah, uh, we are you guys are working. focused. We're working. We're ambitious. We're shrewd. Um and the second thing, you know, Slytherins are are really good leaders. Um, and again, our best leader arguably was kind of the most evil person ever, but that's <laughs> that's beside the point. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll make sure that part in the episode's much more quiet, Josh, so yeah. uh, you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> um, but but we also have some pretty impressive um, uh, alumni. Uh, for example, Merlin Blake was a Slytherin. No. Um, the Order of Merlin himself. Merlin wow. was one of Slytherin's students and um, certainly a, a bit more of a um, a typical Slytherin, I'd say, than Salazar or Voldemort. But but he exemplified more positively this, the, the skill set and the traits that help make up um, what, what a Slytherin is. Um, and he was someone who actually used his abilities to try and bridge the gap between the wizarding and the muggle world. Um, he was, of course, um, of Arthurian legend, um, and he revealed himself to muggles in order that they might coexist together. So Merlin, the Order of Merlin. Am I right? How great okay. can I get Slytherin? All right, all right, um, all right, all right. And then Josh. finally, one last, one last. Oh, one last. One last okay. One. Slytherins are winners. Okay, they, they know how to win. They know how to win. Um, if it weren't for Dumbledore, somehow changing the results of the House Cup, <laughs> Slytherin would be 10 time back to back to back times 10 champions going into the Triwizard Tournament. Okay, okay. they were okay. on seven. They should have won Philosopher's Stone. They should have won Chamber of Secrets <laughs> and they should have won Prisoner of Azkaban. But that Dumbledore cannot take it. He can't take Snape's gloating look and Slytherin are winners. Can't say anything more. Exactly, exactly. Now, I mean, you know, if we if we look at Dumbledore, though, Josh, uh, he's one of mine. He's he's he my is, boy. He he you know, you you've got yours, Merlin. I got Dumbledore. Man, he is the headmaster. He's the he's in power. He's the one dishing out the points. Uh, so so that's on me. But Josh, those those three points you gave, uh, those are amazing. I think it's a really good sort of summation of that, and it's who you are. Um, and uh, I think uh, if I can compliment you, if uh, if there was head boy 
boy and head girl. I don't know who that head girl would be, uh, but if you were at Hogwarts, you'd be the head boy, Josh. Uh, oh, I think that would be the uh, that would kind of be where you your ambition, <laughs> your goals lead you to. But seriously, Josh, that defense was was so good. It almost. It almost, I say almost, makes me want to jump ship a little bit and uh, and sort of put on the green and silver. Uh, but then I think of Gryffindor. I think about Gryffindor. And I think we need to to, to sort of stand up for ourselves uh, as really? Gryffindor. The uh, seven books didn't do that enough for you? I would say that Gryffindor, uh, yes, yeah. There's, there's, there's a few things with Gryffindor I'm that not better. Uh, ma- I'm not better. Ma- <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever. Uh, but Gryffindor uh, gets a lot of de- defense uh, throughout the books. I mean, uh, we probably, we probably don't need to maybe talk too much about the defense of, of Gryffindor because it's not under a whole lot of attack. Um, I, I mean, uh, to, to be fair, the defense of Slytherin is needed because my house has a lot of shady things in the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like yeah Gryffindor totally illegal. <laughs> yes, yeah, good point. Uh, Gryffindor, Gryffindor doesn't. You know, they they might have one or two uh, rotten apples, but I feel like uh, Slytherin is uh, definitely brings out more uh, of those uh, rotten apples. But uh, hey, hey, Josh, I'm I'm not going back on my, my uh, what I said. I like uh, <laughs> your defensive Slytherin, and I do appreciate that. And especially uh, post Voldemort Slytherin, I definitely mm. think would have a really good kind of vibe about it. But that always have that troubled sort of past and and you hope that it is a past and it doesn't yeah. continue uh, but yeah Gryffindor I mean we've got some pretty big names and and I uh, I think you you mentioned it Josh but the uh, that we've got some some bad ones like Peter Pettigrew uh, who was also uh, very close to being in Slytherin mind you I just want to say that uh, but we've got Dumbledore and yeah. uh, I think I just want to hold to Dumbledore. I want to hold to uh, uh, to the fact that he is just uh, the most uh, powerful wizard I think we have. Um, and, you know, mind you, Voldemort is, is one of the most powerful dark wizards uh, that you have. So I, I guess you've got that going for you, you Slytherin. Um, but, uh, yeah, Gryffindor, we've got Dumbledore. We've got a few other names. But quick question, Josh, who's one of your favorite teachers at, at Hogwarts? Oh, like to be in their class, it would have to be Minerva McGonagall. Okay, and and sorry, remind me, what house is Minerva McGonagall? Uh, I think she's Gryffindor. Um, cool, and, cool. And, uh, like, no, no, Josh, no, oh, hold on. Oh, oh, next, oh. next question. Next question. What would be your favorite uh, defense against the dark arts teacher? Well, he's actually my favorite character in the whole series, and that would be Professor Lupin. <laughs> and that is what I was building to, Lupin. We have oh. Lupin. Thank you so much, Josh, for just confirming, uh, for confirming that that we've got some great people from Gryffindor. And I think, yeah, I think that's my best teacher. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I, that's I mean, cool. Flitwick is kind of like off to lunch, it seems like, in his classes. They always yes. get lots of talking done there. Snape's a total jerk. I'll admit that here. Um, <laughs> and and I, I gave the edge to, to, to McGonagall simply because she's there for all seven years. Um, yes, yeah, good point. A lot of learning done. Um, yeah. But you've, you've got me beat. The teachers, I mean, and Dumbledore. How good of a teacher is Dumbledore? Well, yeah. What is it? Uh, I, d- I wouldn't think, looking at the characteristics of the house, that Gryffindor would make particularly good teachers. Um, mm. 
Yeah, but it's, it's, it's interesting. So I thought Hufflepuff would make the best teachers, personally. Yep. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. Very loyal to the school. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah. just kind of loyal and, to the history of the school. Yeah. And, and, and often extremely gifted people don't make the best teachers because they've never had to work for something. Um, that's a good point. Yeah, that's but, that's a, that's both, a really good point. Both Donegal and Dumbledore seem incredibly naturally talented, as well as those who work hard. So. Yeah, yeah, there's so, um, there you go. Griff, I mean, Gryffindor. Uh, we've got you know nearly headless Nick, and we talked about him uh, last uh, episode. Um, and uh, and so he's a bit of a fun ghost. We get to see probably a bit more of him uh, throughout the series. I'm sure there's more we can we can talk about Gryffindor, Josh. Uh, but I think throughout the whole series, we're gonna get uh, yeah, it's gonna more information up. from. Yeah, it's gonna come up. Gryffindor's gonna come up, and and I think that's gonna be uh, a good time because. Uh, that's my house, baby. That's my house. Uh, but it's but we talked house. about houses. Oh, what, what was that, Josh? It, it's a great house. That's that's all I'm going to say. That's all, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. 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 I like that you said, said that quietly. Now I have, uh, you know, editing powers where I can actually increase the volume of uh, what you just said and also just copy it. So I have that on record. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'll, I'll look forward to that. Um, but we move now to wants. And I think uh, I think this is pretty exciting because yeah. this is what every young wizard and witch would want to have uh and uh, i don't know who should go first josh who should uh who should share should it be me should it be you what do you think you go blake all right okay so here we go this is my wand cedar wood okay who doesn't love cedar trees yeah. i mean yeah they're, they're awesome uh so cedar wood with a dragon heartstring core 13 inches and uh, with a flexibility uh, of being pliant, uh, so just a little bit of a little bit of flex- flexibility there, uh, and uh, yeah, so I mean that's pretty cool. It's hard to know. It's hard to kind of say, you know, hey, this is cool wand because we don't. I don't know. It's it's weird to imagine having a different wand and choose, you know, mm. having these different mm. options um, and being like, oh yes, I much prefer you know dragon heartstring over you know phoenix feather or whatever it might be, um, but. It's it's my wand and uh, and I'm proud of it. Yeah, apparently dragon heartstrings, Blake, are somewhat temperamental. Um, they Ooh. are to be used for. Um, they are uh, most powerful of the three common cores. Um, okay. And they are capable of the most flamboyant spells. They learn quickly, <laughs> but they can also change allegiance. So if you remember Draco Malfoy's wand, yes. was dragon yeah. heartstring. The dragon wand. This is interesting. Tends to be easiest to turn to the dark arts. Oh, wow. So that's, Although, I, I need to watch myself. The darkest of wizards did not have a dragon heartstring wand. He had a wand like me. Ooh. Uh, so my wand is cedarwood with a phoenix feather core, 12 and a half inches, reasonably supple flexibility. So I was quite happy about both the cedarwood and the phoenix feather core. I love yeah. cedarwood, love the smell of it. Oh, um, yes. Phoenix, yeah. phoenix feathers are, are capable of the greatest range of magic, um, although they can sometimes take a long time to learn or reveal this. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Initiative, sometimes acting of their own accord. We see that with Harry and Voldemort. Um, and it's never really fully explained in the books how that all works. No, um, no. but so we do are, know the wand that the wand. chooses the wizard. the wizard. This much we know. Um, 
their allegiance is hard one and are very um, hard to tame and personalize. So just a, an interesting, interesting wand. Um, very briefly, um, unicorn hairs are, are the ones that produce the most consistent magic. And those are the yep. three main types. Um, obviously, are we, we also Fleur de we still get Vila, right? Yeah. Oh, we have Vila yeah. here. It's a, it's a weird one. It's an interesting one. I think um, it's, it's not the conventional one that Ollivander would use. Yeah, I mean, it's weird for a couple of reasons. It's kind of weird because I think it's her, is it her grandmother or great grandmother's yep. hair? Yeah, that's, yeah, it's, like, it's a bit strange. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I've got grandma with me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a bit, a bit strange. Um, and so there are other magical items, you know, it's essentially uh, that core uh, is, it needs to come from much like these magical trees and that type of thing. Um, it's a magical, uh, you know, beast or uh, animal that, the core comes from and so there are obviously going to be other people there's probably people in you know back alleys making real janky kind of wands you know real sort of illegal kind of wands that haven't been tested or something with some kind of magical core in them but hey i'm pretty i'm pretty happy that we both got cedar wood that's i like it's awesome now now blake i think we are going to be slightly less happy from our conversation earlier we haven't told each other who our patronuses are or our patroni maybe um but but we're both slightly disappointed i think it's fair to say i think i think that's fair to say i mean when i did my uh, you know my wizarding world uh test and went through wand and then uh and you know waited and with anticipation to know what my patronus would be um i found it out but i i, I went first with the wand i think you need to go first with uh, the patronus yeah. okay so Without any further ado, uh, <laughs> okay. what is my, uh, <laughs> my Patronus is a hedgehog. A hedgehog? <laughs> <laughs> I've got to be the only Slytherin in the world that has a hedgehog as a Patronus. But oh, that is wow. mine. Yeah. There you go, a, a hedgehog. And uh, all right, well, for me... Uh, for me, and I don't even really know what this animal is, but I got a shrew. Oh, really? A mouse? That's kind of a like mouse. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much like a mouse. I got a shrew. Uh, when I'm looking at the the image of it, I'm like, that just reminds me of Peter Pettigrew, and yeah, I do you're, not you're, like you're it. You're in Gryffindor, and you've got a. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So, so I don't know. You know, listeners, take mm. take that and uh, and be you know just know just know that we are humble. By our patronuses, we are, we're both total Hufflepuffs when it comes to our <laughs> comes yeah to our totally like these like you know ground like like a badger yeah so anyway those uh, those those are our sort of our I guess starter starter kit I think is uh, you use the term Josh um which yeah. is which is quite cool our house our wand and our patronus I mean that's uh, we're we're not going to be doing these patronus anytime soon and you know when we first oh, get no. to Hogwarts mind you uh, these come later but I feel like I would be. <laughs> I'd be pretty weirded out in my, you know, whatever, sixth, seventh year when we're learning Patronus uh, magic and, and uh, that incantation. Um, but I, I feel like I'd be disappointed, uh, you know, going oh, through like, my whole, whole years. I think we'd both struggle to summon our Patroni when when I'm called on it because there'd be this dementor staring down at us and we'd be like, Oh, is anybody looking? I don't want to perform my yeah right now. Uh, Josh, I don't, I don't know about you, but I'd take the dementors kiss. <laughs> if, if there was a girl you liked standing beside you and you had to perform your shrew, I think you'd take the dementors kiss and you know, <laughs> 
like what that guy's that guy's patronus is a shrew yeah. <laughs> uh, it'd be so embarrassing i'd i'd be like tonks and wanting to kind of like change my yeah probably wouldn't be as powerful uh, that's for sure but yeah, for, for our listeners, totally, if you haven't already done it, go to wizardingworld.com and sign up. And and uh, I think it's, yeah, they, they call it the, the My Wizarding uh, Passport. And you can uh, actually know your house, know your Patronus, and uh, please let us know if it's worse than a hedgehog and a shrew. Um, because, you know, there are some people who who get some pretty sweet Patronuses, like uh, uh, like uh, albatrosses, I think, is, is said to be the rarest. Um, and, uh, yeah, so uh, whoever's got an albatross out there, uh, you know, cling to it. It is uh, your greatest achievement because mine is a shrew and uh, and that's really bad. And mine uh, is yeah, so- a shrew with spikes. So... <laughs> That's a great way of looking at it. Yours is a shrew with spikes, uh, because you're a um, uh, you're a Slytherin, you know, and you just want to distance people away. If people get too close to you, Josh, you might hurt them. So, uh, no. so, so I, I hope that uh, I hope that you guys, uh, the listeners, have enjoyed uh, just hearing us. Uh, well, hearing us just kind of have a bit of fun with this. It's fun to talk about houses and wands and all the Tronus stuff, but we we just thought that this would be great to have as a separate episode because there's a lot to be said here uh, and even I feel like we even haven't said enough but we could probably talk more throughout the books about wands and uh, Patronuses especially in the third book when we when we get there and we hear more about that especially from uh, who was your favorite character in the entire series Josh that Gryffindor uh, who was it again that would be Professor R.J. Lupin. Yes, R.J. Lupin. Yeah, and so we'll see him teach Harry how to do a Patronus, and that's pretty special. Uh, but thank you for listening. We'd love to hear your feedback, so head over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from and leave a review. Your reviews help keep the magic alive. To continue the adventure, join us next time as we continue going through Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone.